Hey, what's up, family? Welcome to my live Q&A. Hope y'all are well. If this is your very first time watching, my name is Joshua Ezzy. Also, as Coach Josh. My goal is to help make sense of your life and to help you grow holistically for God's optimum use. And after watching this video, like, man, I like this guy's vibe, man. Go ahead and subscribe. I would love to be a coach here online. But for those who's been rocking me for a mighty long time, whether you've been subscribed for for many years or just a few moments ago, just want to say thank you so much uh, for being a subscriber. And I kind of an honor to serve you all. And all those who are listening on wherever you're streaming from, thank you so much for listening. We have a lot of people who listen on a day-to-day basis. Um, so I just want to say thank you so much uh, uh, for listening. And I hope uh, that I continue to be a great servant to you all. But um, as everyone is coming in live, let me know where you're watching from, all that good stuff. And as everyone is watching, I'm just going to go ahead and let's, let you guys know about some new product, some new things that's going on. My latest book, uh, The Wholeness Journal, is now available. On Amazon, man, it's a book that really helps you process whether or not you're whole and what it means to be whole, as well as uh, for you to assess what you um, desire to hold, if you're able to hold it, and uh, have you assess what you're currently holding to see how you can hold it better. Also, make sure you uh, register for the free course that is with this video. Uh, we have a couple of videos out already, like the very first video, Are You Whole Enough to Hold? The second video is, Are You Complete Enough to Hold? And the third video, I think I did a third one, is, four areas that requires maturity. So all those uh, uh, materials are available on my website, imunplugged.com. Books, card games, resources, areas for you to support what I do, all that good stuff uh, uh, is on my website, imunplugged.com. We also have other books like The Purpose of Singleness, Are You Whole or Full of Holes, as well as Dating Prep, a book that helps you date, uh, uh, understand the importance of dating God, dating yourself, so you can become dateable, so that you can date the love of your life forever. If you're struggling with soul ties or strongholds, we also have the book, The Purpose of Freedom, Whom the Sun Sets Free is Free Indeed. This book helps you untie soul ties, uproot strongholds, and the book that I released last year, which is one of my favorite books that God has blessed me to create, Counterfeiter Counterpart, How to Continue to Discern the Will of God in Every area of your life. So those books and card games are all available on my website, imunplugged.com. So let's get right into the questions. Just want to give you all some time to get in. Falls Glow, what's going on? Thank you so much for watching. Uh, did I skip anybody? No. Uh, Camille uh, uh, Jefferson says, told someone about a prophecy I got, and I believe they think I'm a Looney Tune. Um, should I be concerned? Uh, that's why you, uh, anytime someone prophesies to you, there's one, there's one thing that you should always do, and that's to put it on the shelf, right? Because prophecy is supposed to confirm. And if people don't have a firm grip on their faith or God hasn't allowed them to be a, a firm accountability in life, then I would never share my, share my prophecy to the people. Because oftentimes when you share a big dream, a big idea, a big prophecy to a small-minded people or a small-minded person, you have these kind of outcomes. So um, let this be a learning lesson, Camille. Uh, uh, enjoy what God has shared with you, uh, but just make sure it is a confirmation uh, for you. And oftentimes people count it strange or some people get jealous because God has spoken to you through someone, has confirmed something in your life to you. And they get jealous because God hasn't shared anything with them or they just get jealous because it's just uh, uh, how could God or why would God bless you in that way? But for everyone who's watching, man, anytime someone prophesies, Make sure, the best way to make sure they ain't profit line is to make sure um, that you know that it has to first be confirmed by by God. You know what I mean? But it has to confirm what God has already told you, um, and also be mindful that not everybody um, who's who's around you celebrates you. So I hope they help Camille. So Camille says, "I told someone about a prophecy I got, and I believe they think I'm going to turn. That is what it is. 
It happens. Uh, but now uh, I wouldn't go sharing um, that information with everyone um, and put on the shelf and, and just rejoice that with the word uh, that if it is God, that he will confirm in his perfect timing. Great question. Uh, Pedal Thomas says, good night from Trinidad. Thank you so much for watching. Crystal Redeem, thank you for watching. Hey, hope you well. Falls Glow says, what are the signs when God wants you to connect with someone for a relationship or a friendship? Well, um, the best way to determine whether or not God wants you to be a friend or to be in a relationship with an individual is predicated on how familiar you are with God. Uh, how much of God is your best friend? How much, how, how content are you with God? Before you connect, you got to see if you're content. Before you connect, you got to assess your contentment level. Because if you're not content with God, oftentimes it could be your own desires luring you to be with someone. It could be your own uh, 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 desires, like I mentioned, but it could just be um, cultural pressure, societal pressures, right? And so signs, when God wants you to connect with someone, um, number one, um, you're content. You know, you're content with God. You're okay. What well, you okay if that person's in your life or not? Another sign that could be God is that um, um, uh, you begin to see that it's no longer good for you to be alone. You haven't finished. You have already finished um, the assignments of your single years. Like I always say, um, God didn't give Adam his assistant until he finished first God's assignment. Um, if you want God's assistant, finish God's assignment because it's in the assignment that you understand or begin to have a clue of who your assistant is. Like I said in the video previously, in order for you to know your person, you must know the you know you must know God personally. When you know God personally, you'll know yourself personally. When you know yourself personally, you'll begin to know your purpose. And when you are immersed in your purpose, familiar with your purpose, as far as the beginning phases of your purpose, then you'll begin to recognize your person. Uh, what was the one thing that Adam was called to do? And first, in his first assignment, he was naming animals and said when Eve came into the picture, what did he do? He named her. So the familiarity of his assignment led to him accurately naming the woman or uh, flowing in his assignment with this woman. Right. Uh, and so when you understand that, then you will say, OK, first, am I content with God? If I'm not content with God, then maybe I'm trying to pitch my tent with a contradiction. Maybe I'm trying to pitch my tent somewhere else because I'm not content with where God has me or I'm not content well with the assignment God has me in. And secondly, uh, um, you have to first ask yourself, do I even know God enough, know myself enough or know my purpose enough to even know my person enough? Right. Um, because those things play a part like me and my wife. Uh, my wife is an a English major. Uh, she's uh, got a, a, a master's degree. A graduate degree in uh, in uh, uh, what was it uh, in edu in education or whatnot? <clears throat> Excuse me. When I first met my wife, I didn't have no clue. There was no evidence in my life that I was going to be in a school system. No evidence, right? And the next thing I know, last seven years of my life, I've been in the school system. And my wife is an English major, and that partners really well with my purpose when it comes to writing books, right? And so sometimes uh, uh, the more familiar I came became with my purpose, the more uh, faith I had in my person, the more the more uh, founded I was with my person knowing that this is the one God has because it matches my purpose, right? So what are the signs when God wants you to connect with someone? You'll know. <clears throat> When you're very familiar with God, you'll be very uh, uh, familiar with the person that he has for you. But you also, before you even get with someone, you must understand the 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 value and the the uh, what comes with friendship relationship, the value, the cost of it. And, 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 and a person who knows how much relationship and a friendship costs is not eagerly 
uh, um, to do so. Jordan Real says, how does a married Christian couple keep God in the center of their marriage? Great question. <clears throat> Excuse me. Jordy Real says, how does a married Christian couple keep God in the center of their marriage? Well, a married couple first understands that without God, this thing self-destructs. Without God, this thing caves in, right? So the best way for a Christian couple to keep God in the center of their marriage is if each individual keeps God in the midst of their life, in the center of their life. It's a day-to-day -day, uh, process. See, I've, I've noticed in my marriage, and we just celebrated yesterday, three years of marriage. And one thing I can tell you about the early phase of marriage, you begin to really see just how desperately you need God in your marriage. And you begin to realize that I am incapable incapable of being a husband without God. My wife's incapable of being a wife without God. So there's a desperate need. A Christian couple has a desperate desire for God to be in the center of their life because they see or have noticed the fruit of when God is in the center of their life and they allow themselves to be in the center of God's will, then when the things in their marriage uh, comes together supernaturally, they begin to see the benefit and the fruit of God in the midst, right? So practically, how does a Christian couple keep God in their marriage? They practically daily uh, uh, engage God and are desperately dependent on God and see the benefit of God in their own individual life. That's why I tell um, um, people all the time, uh, um, your marriage is going to is only going to be as successful as the sustaining practices of, of spiritual disciplines and spiritual awe of God. When you are spiritually in awe of God and you really begin to see that you are nothing without him and you begin to really understand the scriptures when it says that it's in him that we live, move and have our being. And you begin to eat the fruit personally in your own life from fellowship with God and seeing the benefit of that. And you in your word, you're praying and you see the value of your spiritual disciplines. Then you realize that in order for me to have a spiritually infused, spiritually guided marriage, I got to sustain spiritual disciplines and a, sustain a spiritual awe of God, knowing that without him, this thing doesn't work. God is a designer of marriage. And without the intelligent designer, then y'all won't intelligently be able to engage what he has designed. In order to stay married with your person, you got to stay married to God. <clears throat> and a lot of people don't really uh, understand the benefit of that, right? And so that's just a quick points that I have on that. Uh, uh, of course, you got to have your own solid prayer life. You got to have a solid uh, uh, immersing in God's word. You have to uh, um, be cognizant of, of the value of your marriage and realizing that that marriage is a representation of Christ in the church and the devil hates that imagery. He hates that beauty. He hates to see that in amongst the world. He hates for young men to see a man love his wife like Christ loved the church. Uh, uh, the, uh, the enemy hates for young women to see what the, the beauty of the supernatural impact of submission in the midst of sacrifice, how a woman can submit to a man who's first submitted to God. But he doesn't want them to see that because when they begin to see that they begin to see the beauty of the husbandhood of Jesus towards his own body, the church, and he doesn't want that to be noticed. And the ramifications of that against his kingdom is, is paramount because he understands that when those things, those two individuals are mounted as a pair, they have a paramount effect on culture. Hope that. Uh, please forgive me, I don't want to butcher your name, but you said good, eve, good evening, everyone watching from New York City. Uh, oh, name pronounced charisma. Thank you. 
That's funny. Thank you for watching, Charisma. Angie B. Uh oh, uh, uh, let me scroll back up. Good evening, Angie B. Hope you well. Angie B says, Yes, keep your dreams and prophecy to yourself unless God released. That's it. That's it. Pro Life Hannah, what's going on? Hope you well. Lilo27 says, Hey, coach, I've always struggled with self confidence. How to practically build self confidence? Uh, well, confidence, if you look at the word, is confide, dense. I'm confiding in something dense. See, see, Jesus is the, uh, in the spirit, is the densest, uh, um, I want to say material, the densest uh, uh, essence in the world, the densest place to be. And something dense means it's, it's, it's potent, it's, it's, it's solid, right? It's, it's sure of itself, right? So when I understand that the Holy Spirit is the densest thing, the, the fullest, I'm at the definition of dense so I can really have a good um, uh, flow with this, uh, with this definition. Uh, oh, uh, closely compacted in substance. A dense thing is com closely compacted. That means the most solid, the most potent uh, uh, thing or person or uh, in in entity that I should be connected to is the spirit of God. So whatever is the densest thing I confide in because I know it's compacted. Let me see the definition. It's compacted in substance, closely compacted, that is sure of itself, that is tight, that is solid, that I can anchor myself in, right? And that's what I confide in. So confidence means that when I'm weak, I confide into the most dense thing, that I confide in the spirit of God. And the more I confide in him and fellowship with him and engage him, then I begin to have confidence because it will have me closely compacted. It will have me closely uh, 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 compacted to myself. I'm fully aware of how fearfully and wonderfully made I am. I am fully aware of who I am as a son of God. I am fully aware of what Christ did for me. And now I'm confident. The issue is our confidence is something that's not as dense as we thought it was. It's not as dense as God. It's not as solid as God. It's not as closely compacted and, and familiar with itself as God. To be close to something means that I'm clear about that something. That I'm con closely compacted because I fully understand that this thing is true. Whom the Son sets free is free indeed. The Bible says the truth uh, uh, will set you free. The Holy Spirit, the Word of God said the Holy Spirit leads and guides you to all truth. The more you begin to find his truth about you, the more confident you are. <clears throat> See, my confidence is not money. Money is not dense enough as the Holy Spirit. Money is not dense enough as the favor of God. Um, um, relationships are not as dense as it is as God. Uh, what are some other things that people confide in? People confide or have their confidence in money, their accolades, their degree. They're not dense enough. It's not closely compact enough. It's 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 separated. That it, it is not strongly compacted like cement. It won't hold over time. So if you're struggling in self-confidence because you haven't found what God says about you. Now, practically, how do you do that? You got to go to the most dense book on the planet, which is the word of God. That gives you very clear insight and understanding of who you are, who he is, what he did for you, for you to have salvation and the beauty of working from confidence. When I walk out my house, because the most dense thing in my life is the spirit of God, I'm, come, I'm coming from that place. So it doesn't matter what anyone says about me. I am fully aware of who I am in Christ. I'm fully aware of what the word of God says. I am closely compacted to the most closely compacted thing on this earth. And that's the spirit of God.
So practically, you got to go to God's word and you go to Google and type in uh, uh, self-confident scriptures, type in uh, uh, what uh, what does the word uh, what does the word of God say about me. Right. And then begin to pull four or five scriptures that you can chew on for about a month. And you become a, you allow the density of that text to make you closely compacted to him, closely compacted to the spirit of God so that you can be able to start confiding into him. And then he'll be like, hey, uh, 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 give me your trouble. Share with me. Confide in me. Come to me, all who are laden, all who labor and who are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. I'm dense enough. I'm solid enough. I'm sure of myself enough to let you know that no matter what you need to say, you can confide in me. And then you have confidence from me because you know who I am, who you are in me. And that no matter how much money you have or don't have, no matter what job you have or don't have, no matter how many friends you have or don't have, you are fully content, fully supplied, self-sufficient in the sufficiency of Christ and you need nothing else for you to be identified by. So find scriptures about what the word of God says about you as a man, a woman, or a person, right? Begin to process those scriptures over and over. Utilize those scriptures and turn those scriptures to affirmation, right? Uh, um, and whatnot. And then I want you to write on a sheet of paper right now all of the things that you do not have confidence in. So if you struggle with self-confidence, something about you that you have yet to confide into God. So I want you to write down all the things you need to confide in God. Like, for instance, things that I wasn't confident about, my forehead, you know what I'm saying? Um, um, the way I talk sometimes uh, uh, used to be an issue of mine. What's some other insecurities? Uh, my personality wasn't always welcomed, right? And the more I began to confide into God about what I didn't like about myself, the greater the peace became in my life, letting me know that I'm fearfully and wonderfully made, that I was created for such a time as this to do an amazing work, that his spirit is in me to do great and, and mighty things in this world. But then when I began to really begin to confide in him, and then he began to make me closely compacted to him and realizing who I am in him, then all of a sudden it doesn't matter what my forehead looks like. It doesn't matter how I sound. It doesn't matter what people think about me because they don't have nothing to do with me because they wasn't the one that created me. So the anointing in this, what I'm saying now is destroying a yoke right now. So now you feel the peace of God overshadowing you. And now you will begin to have the Holy Spirit direct you and what to do practically in comparison to what I've already said. And you build yourself confidence by changing the way you think, change the way you speak by anchoring your thoughts and your talk in the text, which is the word of God, the most dense thing that we have in book form. And then confiding in the most dense um, um, spirit that we have in this world, which is the Holy Spirit. Hope that help. <clears throat> Crystal redeemed. Crystal Redeem says, I got a wonderful job offering and would like to take it. I live with a friend who has been having marital problems for a long time and it's been very heavy to get a walkthrough with her. Let me see if you post anything else, Crystal. I want to take the job, but feel like I am abandoning her. Help. Listen, you're not God enough to help her, my friend. Um, oftentimes, sometimes we can be a crutch. Uh, and we try to be a Christ to someone and we don't have enough Christ or life in us to be able to sustain somebody else's uh, um, personal issues. Right. And so if you feel like God has blessed you with a wonderful job, but you're living with a friend who has marital problems, uh, um, you have to understand that you got to do what's best for you based upon what God is leading you to do. Right. And, and, and yes, it's going to be very heavy to walk away, uh, but you have to realize that they need God. And so the best advice I will start giving is to first ask yourself, is this what God wants me to do? 
Is this a job that God wants me to take? Is this the direction God wants me to go? And then begin to allow the Holy Spirit to lead you into conversation with the individual, letting them know um, that that I'm I'm pursuing this, uh, and 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 I and I'm have to. Uh, uh, um, Follow what God is leading me to, and before you have the conversation, ask ask yourself, God, how much, how how involved do I need to be in this person's life? Because maybe God says you still move out the way, but still be a friend. It doesn't mean you leave the friendship. It just means you have to leave the place, and and you may not have as much time. Um, but but what I would do is I'll pray to God and say, Holy Spirit, uh, uh, first off, is this a job you want me to take? You get a clearance on that. Then next thing, next thing you say with the Holy Spirit is, uh, um, how involved do you want me in this person's life? The Holy Spirit will then begin to give you clarity on how involved you need to be in that person's life. Thirdly, then begin to ask the Holy Spirit, uh, um, can you create an a, 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 a opportunity for me to peaceably share this information with an individual so that your peace can be the healing bomb that allows it to be the right separation and the right closeness for our friendship going forward. Then the Holy Spirit will then create an atmosphere where whether she likes it or not, she will be able to uh, uh, feel the right way about it, uh, right? And then you can be able to move on from that because at the end of the day, uh, you're not abandoning her uh, uh, because abandon means to completely leave, to completely leave as is, right? So the Holy Spirit may want you to, to separate but still be involved in a, in a in a way that keeps you from being drained, that keeps you from uh, being whatever, because her marital problems should not be your problems. And you cannot solve her marital problems, even with proximity and closeness. So don't be don't don't be so empathic and so compassionate that you're not able to pursue what God wants you to pursue. Chani K says, hey, coach. I graduated college last year, but I haven't been able to find a good job. I'm starting to get worried about my finances and how I will be able to pay back my student loans. What should I do? Well, back to the question uh, about confidence. Uh, um, God is your source. God is your source. God is your source. Everything else is resources. The, the, the most lucrative, the safest place on the planet is in the will of God. As long as you're in the will of God, God will provide. Let me tell you something about provision. If you separate the pro word provision, you have two words, pro and vision. Pro, provide, and vision. Whoever's vision is, is responsible to provide for it. That doesn't mean God's going to drop a million dollars from the sky. What it means is that he will provide the job. He will provide the opportunities. He'll provide the witty ideas. He'll provide the entrepreneurial endeavor. He'll provide all of that to fund his vision, right? And so what you have to do is utilize this opportunity as a reflective moment, seeing how strong your faith is in God. So on a scale of 10, I want everybody to do this. No matter what situation you're facing, I want you to honestly assess from a scale of one to 10, how much faith you have God have in God in the thing that you're in. Anything uh, uh, six and below, you there's some work you got to do to build your faith. And this is an opportunity. This is a, a various trial. The Bible says, count all joy when you go through various trials, knowing this, that the testing of your faith produces what? Patience and steadfastness. And, have, and after patience and steadfastness has had its full work, you will be complete, whole, lacking in nothing, right? And what that means is, is that right now you're going through a trial that's going to see how much you trust God. 
in this situation. And when you begin to find yourself weary or worried, you got to check your worship. Mm, you got to check your worship. And I ain't talking about a song and lifting up hands. You got to talk about, is my life a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable God, which is my reasonable service. And the Bible says, says be not conformed to this world, but be trans by the renewing of your mind. So that means I got to ask myself, am I a living sacrifice? Is my, is my life a life of worship? Am I on mission for God? Do I know his vision for my life? Am I fully in faith in God, which is my reasonable service? And then I got to ask him, am I being conformed into the world's way of thinking for provision? Be not conformed to this world mentally in regards to how the world says things will be paid for because favor is worth more than money. The best way to be funded is to be funded by favor. God will give you favor. I, I, all the jobs that I've have, had is God's favor. All the opportunities I've had because of God's favor, I'm fully funded by favor, right? And favor has finances. Favor has friendly individuals. Favor has uh, jobs in it. That's the favor. The Bible says he will surround you with, the, with favor like a shield. And no matter where you go, you're protected by God's favor. Joseph was protected by God's favor. Daniel was protected by God's favor. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego was protected by God's favor. David was protected by God's favor. No matter what people want to throw at you, thoughts in regards to how student loans are going to be paid, you're surrounded by God's uh, favor like a shield that you know that no matter where I go, no matter what darts come at me, no matter what is trying to hinder me, I'm fully surrounded by God's favor and I'm protected. So now you got to do some spiritual discipline work which means you got to look up scriptures on faith and begin to really do deep dive study on God's faith and then begin to realize that faith is a muscle and you build that faith muscle by looking back at how faithful God has been. I want you to get a sheet of paper and write down his faithfulness, how God has been faithful to you, how you've never seen the righteous forsaken nor a seed begging bread. Begin to look in the mirror and be like, I don't see my skin tightly gripped to the bones of my jaw, that I'm fully fed, that he's my daily bread, right? And then you continue to build your faith up and utilize this various trial to make you versatile so that you can be able to see the mightiness and the greatness of God providing for you. Student loans, don't worry about it. Even if you pursued the vision that wasn't God's vision, you can redeem your mind because the Bible says when you redeem, the Bible doesn't say this, but he'll redeem the time. And I always say he redeems the time at the level of your renewed mind. The more you begin to transform your mind into thinking about God being your supply, God being your source, God being your favorite, God being your provider, God being your husband, God being there in times of trouble, the more you begin to renew your mind on that, the more you begin to transform into the individual and then you begin to see favor coming and you like a residuals and you'll be able to see yourself as an individual and you'll begin to say, you know what? I now am, am able to do and, and, and have the faith strong enough to weather any type of storm that tries to shoot itself against my shield of favor. So don't allow the pressures of school, don't allow the pressures of whomever or whatever to make you question the providing ability of God. The Bible says a man cannot serve two masters. He can't serve both God and money. You got to choose who your provider is. And the best way to begin to see provision is to ask God to provide the vision. If he provides the vision, he provides the provision. If you are seeing what he is seeing. Hope to help. You welcome Falls Glow. Camille says, yes, it's been confirmed three times and it's slowly becoming public. Okay, gotcha, Camille, about the prophecy. For the most part, I was keeping it private, but it was revealed publicly. Hey, let God reveal publicly what God has showed you privately. I always tell people, let God reveal publicly what he has showed you privately. That's essential. 
Because when God shows, he shows in the way that silences your naysayers and gives faith to the people um, who, who really needs faith to be developed, right? And if people get upset because God is revealing publicly what he showed you privately, then that's their problem. Listen, I don't I don't have no time to be uh, apologetic uh, uh, for what God is is doing for me uh, uh, outwardly. I don't have time because people going to be people and you begin to really see who people are when you begin to go far. Hope to help. Charisma says, hi, coach. Does Hebrews 13, 17 have confidence in your leaders and submit to their authority applied to not taking the uh, injection that they want everyone? To um, Yeah, man. First off, your first submission to the spirit of God. So if, if if no matter what the authority figures say, it can never trump what God says, period. So when Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego was told to bow down and they decided not to bow, no matter what the pressures was, they said, listen, hey, king, you know, hey, do, with all due respect, uh, 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 with all due respect, you cool and all. But I ain't bowing down to your agenda. I ain't bowing down to whatever it is that you have for me. I don't care if you threaten me with prison. I don't care if you threaten me with the fiery furnace. My God is well able. And if he doesn't deliver me, I ain't still ain't bowing down. And what happened? The king got offended. The king put him in a fire furnace, told him to increase the flames. And they came out with nothing scorched and not smelling like smoke. We are living in the times where you got to have strong knees, strong legs, and strong confidence in God. God ain't stopped looking out for people like he looked out for Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, how he looked out for Daniel when they made a decree that if you pray to another God, that you'll go in prison. Daniel knew. And then what? Daniel tripled down on what he said. When he found out that they say, if you pray, we're going to put you in the lion's den, Daniel opened the window. <laughs> prayed three times that day. He didn't go in the, oh, snap, I'm going to go pray in my closet. Oh, no, they're talking about lions. So I'm going to go pray in the dungeon in the basement. He said, boom, open up the window, pray three times, didn't care what nobody got to say. And when they rushed up there to go get him, either you are who you say you are, God. I put my full trust in you. So we had two accounts where there was a lion where there were lions and where there were flames and God rescued them both. We, you and I got to get to a place where we have so much confidence in God that that faith is so potent that no matter what they do, see, it's interesting how God has maneuvered me to where I'm at right now. Two years ago, God maneuvered me into the job that I have now. And, and it's crazy when you're in the will of God, you don't have to deal with the, the, the pressure of the world. And even if the pressure of the world comes to your shore, know that he is your embankment. Know that he is your uh, uh, supply, that he's your source. And so, no, you don't bow down uh, uh, to anything but God. You may submit, but you don't bow. Now, I'll submit to whatever God says I need to submit to. But when it comes to that, man, whatever the Holy Spirit says, you keep it moving and God will provide. Congratulations. Thank you so much. Angie B says, hey, coach, I text the man I am currently dating what he needs from me. And he responded everything. Should I ask him in person or via text? I asked for clarification, but he never clarified yet. Um, well, until he's your husband, he can't have everything. You know, if you're in the dating phase, he gets dating phase. Simple as that. Uh, uh, and a woman should never have to, a man should be so clear in his pursuit of you, clarifying everything to make you make sure that you secure 
in the relationship to the point that we have not to ask much, much questions. If you have to question a lot, then he's questionable. Mm. If you have to question a lot, then he's questionable. Because when a man pursues, he's saying, I clearly want you, and I'm going to keep clarifying and communicating with you, and my actions will communicate. doesn't mean he has to keep communicating with you. You know I love you. You know it. No, no. His actions will communicate to you that he's sure about you. And so anytime a woman has to ask, uh, what do you need from me? And he responds, everything. Then say you missing one thing and that's putting a ring on it. You missing one thing and that's meeting me at the altar. You missing a few things before you can have everything. And if you have to ask for clarification, he hasn't clarified yet. Then that man uh, is, is, is not fair enough yet that he's not ready for that. Right. A man should every time a woman has a concern. Now, don't get me wrong. That doesn't mean you never have anything that you need to ask of a man while you're dating him. There's nothing not like you can't ask for clarification. But what I'm saying is that man, you won't leave not clarified. So if you ask him for clarity on something and he responds with with a vague, see, everything is vague. That's too vague for the security and stability of a woman. You can't just say words like everything and expect a woman to be secure in everything. So what he's doing is sound like he's playing games. Because when you live in one, anytime a man says one worded answers and then doesn't clarify, he's not sure about what he sees in you. And just because a man's not clear about you, it could be he's nervous about you because men oftentimes start acting like that when the pressure's on, when it's really time for him to commit. Then he starts saying dumb stuff like that. I want everything from you. That sounds like game. You see what I'm saying? And then uh, uh, you said, should I ask him in person or via text? Listen, you don't got to ask him nothing. What I would do is I won't message him until he messaged you with some clarity. So what I would do is I would leave him on red until he is understanding, until you understand what he had done said. <laughs> hey, coach, I text the man I'm currently dating what he needs from me, and he responded to everything. He can't give you everything until you become uh, in a position to give him everything. Should I ask him in person or via text? I ask for clarification, but he never clarified yet. It's time to go somewhere else. That's just me. See, that's game. That's that's doing too much. And, and and now you now you emotionally halted, emotionally disturbed, emo emotionally unstable because you're not clarifying. That's a demonic plot or tactic to get you from being focused on what you need to do. See, a man has to communicate clearly what you need to hear so you can go about your business. So you can go about doing what you need to go do because you're clear about the man that's pursuing you, what y'all pursuing together. And now you have a clear understanding so you could be clearly conscious, clearly stable and able to go forward. That's too much games. I will leave that guy. Or at least don't talk to him until he clarifies because he could be nervous. He could be praying. Nobody, no man's perfect. I want to make sure I say that no man's perfect. Um, but men have to understand that if you're going to pursue it, you got to make sure you're fluid. You're fluent in your communication. If you're going to pursue it, be fluent. Be very clear. Be, be very sure because women uh, are, are going to be, or you don't want to push a woman into quote unquote nagging or a bunch of asking because you're not sure. You don't pursue it if you ain't, if you ain't for it. God's girl says, hey, Josh, I was praying heavy in the Holy Spirit late one night and the evil spirit came in. It startled me and I stopped praying. I started back, but not with a strong authority. How to get over fear to pray at night? Um, that's part of it. Anytime you're progressing in any type of spiritual discipline, anytime you're progressing in the things of God. Oh, my battery's getting low. Okay, okay. Anytime you're progressing in the things of God, expect resistance. Uh, 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 persistence comes with resistance. 
especially if you're trying to go the distance where the things of God with the dip, most densest. So I'm trying to spit a little bit. Uh, when, expect resistance when there's persistence and endeavoring to go to dis, the distance with the densest, which is the Holy Spirit, right? Anytime you start doing that, expect that resistance. And so what you do is utilize it as a marker. Oh, no, my computer charger. No, thanks, babe. But uh, yeah, uh, so no matter, so utilize this as a, as a marker to reveal to you, oh, snap. Uh, um, this what comes with it, and then you'll begin to realize that you have a 30 second window to keep pushing through, right? So, usually, what happens is when I pray, uh, uh, especially when I pray in tongues or when I start doing deliverance prayers and stuff like that over myself, clearing myself up, you begin to have this resistance, it's like a tightness in your throat, it's like a, a stuttering of your words because they know you have authority when you speak, they gotta listen. So what they do is they want to clamp that down so that you'll be too scared to be in uh, your air. You'll be too scared to be an heir, meaning a joint heir with Christ, meaning having the same authority of Christ. And so when you are scared, you're not willing to operate as an heir. But when you operate as an heir, they have to beware and they have to go where they got to go. So the next time you feel that, keep going no matter what. Right. If you need to do some prerequisite proactive warfare, what you do is begin to find scriptures about your authority in Christ. Become very familiar with your authority. Be very familiar with the demonology and how demons work. And then you will begin to learn how to work, continues to, to work in what God wants you to work through. Don't be afraid. There's nothing to be afraid of. So the reason why you felt a dip in your in the potency of your of your prayer is because they got in the midst of it and they got into your confidence, they got into your psyche, they got into the emotional realm, and then that weakened the potency of it because you got back into the flesh, you got back into the emotions. But when you sustain yourself in that spirit because you are spiritually aware of how spiritual warfare ha- operates, then you'll progress through the next time. Hope to help. Oh, is that my wife right there? Good word, honey. See, 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 look, look, listen, listen, my wife. See, listen, find you one, find you one, fellas. Hmm. Got time for maybe one more. And I, I gotta get some rest. Again, well, it's Friday tomorrow, but I still gotta get some rest. Amen. Pro life, Hannah. Did I skip one? Amen. GB. Stephanie I said, "Hey, Coach Josh, I am thirty-three years old, a thirty-three-year-old virgin who is waiting until marriage. I was a thirty-three-year-old virgin when I got married." So look at that. I How would you advise me to approach dating? When should I tell a gentleman that I am waiting until marriage? Um, Great question. Well, congratulations. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I waited until I was married. Um, me and my wife both were virgins when we got married. No, not. We're not saying that we better anybody. Um, nothing, That's not nothing we're saying. Um, But don't be ashamed because you're a 33-year-old virgin. Because I was a 33-year-old virgin when I got married. Uh, who is waiting until marriage. That's a great thing. Celebrate that. Uh, how would you advise me to approach dating? Um, um, don't approach dating. Let dating approach you. Let that man come to you in God's table while you've been dating God and you've been dating yourself. Let dating approach you. Let God's will approach you. And what I mean by that it doesn't mean that when a guy approaches you, you start dating. When uh, let the let the what basketball players say, let the game come to you. What I mean, let, let just live your life and whatever comes to you by the will of God and by the way of God. Right. And through your worship in God, it will become familiar that it's from God. Let it approach you. So don't don't feel the pressures of, OK, how do I immerse myself in this culture of dating? That's too much pressure on you uh, because um, the world is so fully dense with falsely uh, uh, 
uh, advertised ways of engaging the opposite sex, right? And so when you do that, then you understand that God will bring the one. I don't approach dating. I don't advise people to go out there on dating websites and, and dating a bunch of people. You don't gotta, you don't have to date a bunch of people to find the one that God wants you to have. The one will come find you. The Bible says when a man finds a wife, he finds a good thing, Stephanie. So when a man is along his way with God, he finds his way along his path with walking with God. The reason why we are where we are today, because Adam wasn't with God in the cool of the day. So your man needs to be walking with God in the cool of the day so that you don't be out of your eating, right? And so don't worry about approaching dating. Don't even worry about approaching the pressures of whether or not a man will accept you because you're a virgin. He says, when should I tell a gentleman that I am waiting until marriage? Um, it will come out of conversation. <clears throat> you don't got to feel the pressures of, hey, guess what? I'm a virgin. And see what he says. At the end of the day, if it's the one God has for you, going to be like, I'm a virgin too, or I've kept myself for these amount of years, and that's cool. The thing is, we have to make sure that when it comes to relationships, our first relationship must be with God, and he'll give us confidence. He'll, think, he'll then let us be so distracted by him that when things approach him, see, the thing about Adam was God didn't bring Adam Eve until Adam was rested, because what you don't want is a restless man. A restless man is going to want sex. A restless man is going to want your everything. A restless man is going to want your body. A restless man is going to want those things. You got to be so rested in God that when you meet your man, he's rested as well. And then next thing you know, y'all can rest well in the relationship knowing that your rest is in Jesus. Your rest is in the spirit. And then y'all can be able to enjoy um, the beauty of sex and marriage because sex and marriage is a learning experience. You don't want lust to be in your marriage. You don't want fear to be in your marriage. You don't want that to be in there because it affects that, right? And so when you understand that I got to first be at rest, I got to be at rest with this thing. You got to be at rest you know, and be okay with being a 33-year-old virgin. You got to rest and be okay um, that God will bring that person in his due timing. You got to rest and okay that when it's time to say that you're a virgin, that man's going to be cool with it without wavering. You got to first ask yourself, am I restless or am I rested? I love you. I got to go. I've been going 41 minutes since 1031. I love you. I hope y'all was blessed by this. Make sure you hit that post notification if I wasn't able to get to your question um, because then you will be able to know when I go live. Uh, like the word of God says, no man, no, no woman knows the hour. And same thing is with the live Q&As. No man, no woman knows the hour. So make sure you hit that post notification so you can have your question the next time. Uh, thank you all so much for joining. Make sure you check out my latest books, uh, uh, The Wholeness Journal. Uh, are you whole enough to hold the things you desire to hold? And are you whole enough now to hold the things you're currently holding? It's a great resource to help you process your wholeness and to process um, your boldness uh, and to make sure you don't fold nothing, right? So that's a great book there. Uh, all available now on my website, IamUnplugged.com. If you feel led to support what me and my wife do, giving. If you feel led to give, you can do that right now on my website, IamUnplugged.com. Uh, what else? We got books like The Purpose of Singleness, Are You Whole or Full of Holes, a book for singles or people who desire to be uh, a single individual and know who they are. That book's available as well. If you want a, a, a dating resource, it has a card game that you can buy separately, but it's a benefit as well. And how to date God, how to date yourself so you can become dateable, so you can date the love of your life forever. That book's available as well. If you're struggling with a soul tie, uh, this book, The Purpose of Freedom, How to Untie Soul Ties and Uproot Strongholds, is also available. If you need more understanding on discernment and determining between if he's a counterfeit or if she's a counterfeit or if he's a counterpart or she's a counterpart or your friend, I mean, I talk about friendships, jobs, cities, all that kind of stuff, how to determine whether or not this thing is a counterfeit, how to test everything. So there's a formula in there on how to test everything to see if it's of God. This book's also available on my website as well. 
IamUnplugged.com or go to Amazon for books, IamUnplugged.com to give, get card games. Also, I'm doing one-on-one coaching again. I feel uh, opened up some um, some spots. If you need one-on-one coaching with me, go to my website, IamUnplugged.com. Go to the custom coaching tab. Let me know what your budget is. Uh, let me know what the best that you can do. I have some slots that I'm opening up uh, for the fall. Uh, and so uh, uh, I'm one call away. So uh, let me know what you can do, Lord willing. If I'm able to get to you, um, then I'll get to you. So uh, one-on-one coaching, ways for you to give, books, card games, all on my website, imunplugged.com. Let me scroll down to make sure because uh, we got people that always say stuff at the end. What's up, DeAndre? Uh, thank you so much, Coach. God bless you too. Thank you, uh, Charisma. Good night. God bless. Uh, that's it, Coach. We can't have a successful relationship with a man or woman if our relationship with God isn't successful. That's right, fam. You're so welcome, Stephanie. Uh, you welcome, God's girl. Uh, 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 I'm glad my question has resonated with you. Yeah, yeah. There's nothing wrong with being a virgin at 33. Nothing wrong. Less drama. Less emotional drama. Less emotional pain. All right? So... Be find your confidence in God. Listen, man, when you do things the right way, even if you're a person who have slipped, if you do, if you turn yourself around and, and, and set your body aside as holy and don't become contaminated with lustful things, things work out for those who do things the right way. <clears throat> Simple as that. Love you all. <clears throat> Excuse me. Y'all be blessed. I'll see y'all next time. Oh, see, I need my, uh, my mouse. I'm a mouse guy. I'm not a keypad guy. I love you guys. Y'all be blessed. Peace.